Welcome back, everybody, to Everything All at Once, the podcast where we talk about the psychology and the neuroscience behind life in our almost 20s slash 20s. I'm literally going to be 20 in three weeks. I could not be freaking the fuck out more. I don't know. Turning 20, leaving my teens, un- unnecessarily stressful. But we have such a fun episode for I have such a fun episode for you guys today. The topic is so interesting to me and it has a very negative stigma in the medical psychological field and in life in general, but I'm here to put a positive twist on impulsivity and why it's beneficial for our personal growth. But first, you know what time it is, life update. I walked outside of my apartment the other day and I could not be more elated to feel crisp fall air i was so excited i put on a sweater put on some jeans and walked outside and felt the fall air oh my gosh and today is officially the first day of fall so happy first day of fall everybody if you didn't get a pumpkin something or other go get it if you didn't go to trader joe's and get a fall item go get it highly recommend the spice chai concentrate very in the maple oat milk 10 out of 10 and the pumpkin crackers like pumpkin cranberry thin crackers 10 out of 10 the best coffee ever so you put some i'm gonna just drop some knowledge on you real quick you're gonna put some of the concentrated chai and then put an americano like you would normally and then do the maple oat milk and a little bit of sugar best fall coffee vibes you're ever gonna get at home I've perfected this recipe. It is so good and free of charge, obviously, besides the oat milk and the concentrate, but it has saved me a lot of money. So do yourself a favor, go to Trader Joe's, treat yourself to a fall item, and it's just a little thing in your day to make your day better. Just it's the little things, but it's Gilmore Girl season. It's Gilmore Girl season. It's Harry Potter season. I need some new show recommendations. I'm probably going to re-watch all of the Harry Potters as we speak and possibly Gilmore Girls. I rewatched Gilmore Girls last year and Gilmore Girls low-key under fire recently. I feel like everybody is on the same page that it's a comfort show, but then also everybody hates Rory at the same time. I don't know where I land. Do I think Rory's life is completely unrealistic and genuinely makes no sense? Absolutely. And do I still find comfort in watching it and need to put it on when I'm having a bad day? Yes. I'm bored of suits, okay? The plot is the same every single episode. Harvey's mad at Mike. Mike fucks up. Rachel's like, Mike, your secret. Donna's like, I'm Donna. I know everything. Lewis fucks up some way and then Jessica's like, I put my whole life on the line for this business. And then Hardman will come in or one of the enemies will come in and threaten the whole firm. And then the shindig will progress as it normally does. So Suits is boring. And I've also been picking the deadass worst movies I can possibly pick. After a long day of studying and stress, I saw this movie called, I think it's Bar Cake or something about bringing cakes to bars. And I thought it was fun about two girls living in LA bringing cakes to bars to meet guys. I thought it was going to be funny, comedy, haha. No, it was not. 
Um, I can tell you confidently it was not a comedy. Um, one of the characters, spoiler alert, so if you're going to watch it, just skip ahead. But one of the characters gets cancer, dies, and then the other one just quits her career as a law student and becomes a baker. I did end up crying. I did end up crying on my floor instead of being relieved about my day. And then last night, I picked, I don't know what it's called. It's like a 90s rom-com, but it was like the first 90s rom-com I didn't really like. I think it's She's the One. I think that's what it was called on Prime. It was not good, in my opinion, but I was a little out of it because it was a Friday night. Enough said there. So maybe that's why it wasn't good. But other than that, I would love some new movie recs, show recs, YouTube recommendations, anything to get my mind off of the stress of school and the stress of not having a job. I need a job so bad. It's ridiculous. I am very stressed about that. Anyways, let's talk about what everybody's talking about, the Roman Empire. How many times do I think about the Roman Empire? Zero. Actually, that's a lie. I probably think about it once a month only because my dad will remind me that either one, Rome wasn't built in a day, or two, use the Roman Empire as some sort of metaphor or model to show me that Italians are superior than every other culture. So how many times does my dad think about the Roman Empire? Probably every minute of every second of every day, not even kidding you. He reminds me and then internally I I think of the Roman Empire. <laughs> Maybe I'm a, I don't know. I, I think of the Roman Empire, yeah, but not as much as guys apparently. The girl Roman Empire phenomenon has taken over the internet. Every podcast that I listen to has been asking what's the girl version of the Roman Empire, Taylor Swift. I'm telling you right now, it's Taylor Swift. I think Taylor Swift might be even more prominent than the Roman Empire. Either I'm thinking of a song or I'm thinking of a pop culture reference with Taylor Swift in it, or I'm thinking of the Taylor Swift concert, or I'm just envisioning being at the Eras tour, even though I wasn't imagining what that would be like. Also, getting kidnapped. Women think about getting kidnapped all the time getting kidnapped, getting held at gunpoint. I feel like women think about that all the time. And women are just so emotionally intelligent compared to men that our Roman Empire is surrounded by fear. I think a lot of women think of getting kidnapped more than they should. And I was listening to a podcast today. I just want to address this for a hot sec. And they were just saying how women move on from relationships faster than men because they mentally move on faster. I don't think that's necessarily true at all because it is the feminine urge of me to not get over anything. I am queen of not getting over anything, but then I'm also queen of forgiving to people please. So there's a balance there. But I don't think that women are necessarily emotionally moving on from a relationship. I think it's should have been phrased that women are more in tune with their emotions to know when a relationship is over and identify that in their minds and then move on that way. It's not that they're moving on faster because they're over the relationship faster. They're just more in tune with, they have more emotional intelligence than men. Fact. Fact. That is fact. And they are just identifying when it's over and are better at doing that than men because as if I've learned anything men are 
they're idiots sometimes. And I know men listen to this podcast. And if you're a man, what do I have to do? Like, do I have to send smoke signals? <laughs> like, I don't understand what's going on. There's something going on in my personal life. I don't know. I'm in a predicament. I can't disclose it, but I need help. So <laughs> there's that. Speaking of, I've been all about putting myself out there recently. I used to be the type that would play it super nonchalant and just act like I don't I've always been bad at being nonchalant but I've always tried I'm like I'm not gonna answer for three days or I'm not gonna answer for two hours because he didn't answer for one and then now I'm just like I don't have fucking time to waste I don't have the mental capacity to think about this more than I have to and I'm tired of sitting around and waiting because if I've learned anything if you don't spell it out for men they don't get it so I'm all about putting myself out there and literally not giving a fuck because at the end of the day, I have don't want to have any regrets. And so far, I haven't out of this college go around. I feel like I've done a lot better job of putting myself out there and I'm not saying what if as much anymore. I feel like at UCI, I was always like, what if I did this, this, and this? And then I never ended up doing it. And here, I just think of something and I do it. And that, I guess, brings me to today's topic of impulsivity I guess in a way I'm being more impulsive and just doing more than thinking which is very combative to my overthinking tendencies but I feel more fulfilled and genuinely satisfied with my life more than I ever have before and so we're going to get into later how this affects our brain chemistry, what is going on psychologically and how this has been beneficial for our personal growth but a hot minute coming up next. A hot minute, a hot minute. Ooh, oh, 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 yeah, yeah. I added that little, little last part to the jingle, but a hot minute. Of course, this wouldn't be a hot minute without a Taylor, Taylor Swift update. 1989, this week. I screamed when I opened Instagram and saw the track list. I feel like my initial impression was excitement, obviously. I am so excited for the album to drop. I have a very special connection to 1989. As I mentioned before, it was my first ever Taylor Swift concert. One of the first concerts I really remember, actually. And I went with a bunch of my friends and my dad got me a box. It was for my birthday. It was my mom, my sister, and then again, a bunch of my friends. It was one of the best concerts I've ever been to. I'm so, again, upset that I didn't go to the Airs tour, but not too late for that. Miami 2024, I might just be there <laughs> for my 21st birthday. Regardless, the Easter eggs, the Google puzzles, genius marketing. She just capitalizes on her fans' insanity by creating games to <laughs> reveal the track lists. And so far, my first impression is, I don't know, Slut, the soundtrack. I can low-key sing that be like a cheesy song, even though I don't want it to be. I can kind of feel like it being a little, I don't know if it's going to be like cringy or not. I hate saying that. Like, I'm not shitting on it. I'm just, I've seen a bunch of people making sort of makeshift lyrics as to what the song could be. And I genuinely don't agree with them that that's how it's going to go. But I can see it being cheesy like that. 
I, I don't know. Regardless, I am super excited. Some say Nicki Minaj is going to appear on the album because no features necessarily were revealed on the Instagram post. But, oh my god. I don't know if you guys can hear those dingings. But, anyways, I'm just having a crisis over here this tonight, this Saturday night. Not a lot of the hot minute, really. I just genuinely didn't pay attention to pop culture this week other than that and the fact that the Joe Jonas-Sophie Turner divorce is just getting uglier by the minute and Sophie Turner just said, you know what, let me just hang out with Taylor Swift because then nobody will hate me, PR on point, whoever told her to do that. And there's this whole lawsuit going on where Joe is keeping the kids, not letting them letting her have access to their passports and she wants to move to England and he doesn't want the kids to go and he's still on tour. It's just, it's getting very, very ugly. I'm not really loving that vibe at all. Okay, wait, I know this is definitely what I wanted to talk about. Sex education is back. If you didn't watch sex education, it's, I really love the show. I'd give it a a solid 8 out of 10, 9 out of 10. It was funny. It was heartfelt. It had a few cliffhangers. And it's coming back for its final season this time. I don't know when exactly. For some reason, this article won't let me see when. It's just not telling me. But it's described as a raunchy British teen dramedy that has... It's literally been two years since the last season came out and it's coming out for its fourth and final season the last third season left us on kind of a cliffhanger between the two main love interests so i'm very excited for that to come back i feel like i needed a little comedic relief in my life but again other than that oh another major pop culture moment why am i just like having a brain fart on all these things i wanted to talk about this is why i need to write things down Drake using Halle Berry getting slimed at the Nickelodeon Choice Awards as his new album art without her permission, we don't stand that. So basically, Drake obtained this picture, got the rights to the picture because she doesn't necessarily own the picture, but he asked her permission to use the picture for his album cover art. She said no, he did it anyways. And now she's like, what the fuck? Rightfully so. Because first of all, we support women in the arts. Hannah Burner, Paige DeSorbo, Giggly Squad. We support women in the arts and we just support women, period. And she literally told him that she didn't want the picture as the album cover art. And what do we see on Instagram? That it's the new album cover art. I genuinely don't understand this at all. Like out of all the images and graphic designers and resources that he has access to to create original album art you chose that picture are you sending a message to Halle Berry like is this your way of shooting your shot or is this you just blatantly disrespecting women in the arts Drake please explain yourself I would like some explanation because it's not even a an attractive cover art that doesn't make me want to listen to the music or click the album genuinely at all so i don't understand the purpose i don't understand the point somebody's gonna have to explain that to me at a later date because 
just very confuzzled at that point. And those were my major pop culture moments of the week. Again, kind of short, but also I have my first two exams coming up and I've sort of just been on very much go mode. It's like I get up at the ass crackle of dawn and then I try to go to sleep and then my brain is still wide awake. So I can't go to sleep. And then the cycle just repeats every day. Am I doing enough? I've I've literally been stuck in analysis paralysis all week. And if you don't know what that is, it's basically just when you can't decide on anything because you're analyzing everything and you're overthinking everything. For example, on Thursday, I just was overthinking where I was going to get coffee. Then it was like where I was going to study. And then it was what I was going to study and then how I was going to study. And then how much time do I have before lab? What am I going to eat before lab? Am I going to take a walk after lab? And it was just a continuous spiral and I could not get out of it. And that is literally only how I can describe my entire week simply caught in analysis paralysis and unable to focus on anything. Regardless, let's just get into this topic, impulsivity and why it is beneficial for our personal growth. All of that and more coming up next. Now, when we first think of impulsivity, we think of a negative. We think of maybe when I first Google searched it, I got a lot of why impulsivity is linked to a lot of mental disorders and why impulsivity is a bad trait to have. Personally, I've been reflecting and doing a lot of being impulsive in my life and I was starting to see some positives and I was really fascinated by why the word has such a negative connotation all the time. In this age of instant gratification, we are have become desensitized to being impulsive and being predisposed to being impulsive. And I say this because impulsivity has to do with rewards to an extent. You have a choice where you can either choose some sort of relief and satisfaction right away, or you can wait in a situation and receive a longer-term benefit or a longer-term effect, necessarily benefit. And throughout the episode, impulsivity will be defined as the preference for small and immediate gratification over a large delayed reward. Throughout this review paper that I read, impulsivity is often correlated to a lack of self-control which would be the opposite behavior of impulsivity, aka the preference for large, delayed effects over a small, immediate reward. Like I said, impulsivity is often associated with loss of self-control in the medical field, but it's not necessarily this so-called dysfunctioning neural firing system, but a system that can actually benefit us. I don't understand why impulsivity is often correlated to a negative response. Whether it's negative or positive, the response is, it should never always be referred to as negative like it is in the media. Rather, the actual term should be unintended response because oftentimes the result of being impulsive is getting a response that maybe we didn't necessarily predict because we didn't think that much into a situation which brings me to why are we impulsive 
what makes us impulsive? What is this drive to do things that we don't necessarily think through? A lot of my reading on impulsivity measured it as a function of reward and motivated by a certain reward. We are faced with a behavioral choice. Think of two metaphorical doors. One allows us instant pleasure versus the other that has some sort of delayed effect, which can be good or bad. Impulsivity is often neurologically associated with disordered dopamine neurotransmission. And dopamine, believe it or not, is not a neurotransmitter and is not associated with pleasure. I would like to debunk that right now. Neurotransmitters and neuromodulators are not the same thing. And dopamine is a neuromodulator. So what that does is it is basically this mechanism in your brain that doesn't send a direct signal but has specific receptors on each neuron and based on the receptor that is present impacts dopamine's response. So dopamine doesn't necessarily cause a pleasant or unpleasant response in your body, but it's whatever receptor that is available on that neuron will cause that specific effect. So along with a neurotransmitter, dopamine helps tell the neuron how to respond to a direct signal, but not necessarily send a signal itself. Also, dopamine is again more associated with motivation and learning than pleasure. So that's neuroscience debunked for you, just a hot take and sort of a myth that has been spread all across the world that is not true. Regardless, there are four distinct ways to measure this dopamine dysfunction or impulsivity. One is lack of premeditation or no prior planning, no prior planning involved in the action. Two is a sensation seeking or there's some aspect of a pursuit of an exciting, thrilling experience. Three, lack of preservation, which just means lack of lack of overthinking, lack of hesitation toward said action. And then four is urgency. There had to be some sort of time constraint to make the action, quote unquote, impulsive. Impulsivity is a multifaceted topic and we can be impulsive in different ways. Like I've been trying to prove this whole episode and the point is to get across that impulsivity is neither good nor bad. And one may be impulsive because they have difficulty inhibiting actions. So for example, that would be the impulsive that you lack self-control. And that is the negative side of impulsivity, the side that is actually maladaptive and that you are becoming reckless and when you are doing lots of actions without thought that are having negative consequences but you know better not to do them for example say you are going out one night and it's getting late and you've had too much to drink and your friends like you should probably stop and you're just like no i'm just gonna keep going obviously that can be labeled as impulsive but you know the consequence and that is more on the side of reckless rather than 
impulsive and not that's the side of reckless rather than the other side of impulsive which is have difficult people who have difficulty seeing the value of waiting for better long-term outcomes that is the other side so basically it's just two different aspects of motivation one you're just lacking self-control and being reckless and the other side is you're having trouble seeing the long-term effects of waiting rather than being impulsive and doing something out of character maybe during impulsivity we have this process going on in our brain called delay discounting and it's the tendency to devalue the distant reward that may be better down the line if we were to wait instead of acting or punishments we can also devalue those as well even though they may greatly outbalance the immediate impact of our choices for example say you were at home and your parents told you hey can't go out tonight gotta stay in just the rules tonight you can't go out your friend texts you come on come on come on let's go so you're like you know what i'm just gonna go you get changed really quick you run out the door and in your brain to justify your actions you're devaluing the punishment you're saying oh they're not really serious or they're not going to take it that seriously it's not that bad and you get home you're punished for a whole week and that one night maybe it would have could have been the best night of your life who knows but chances are it probably was doing more harm than good in the long run and that's the concept of delay discounting or the tendency again to devalue rewards or punishments to justify an impulsive action and this brings me to how do our brains act while we're being impulsive during these perpetual decision making peptides called melanin concentrating hormone or mch increase when impulsive behavior is exhibited or being performed mch runs from the lateral hippocampus or lateral hypothalamus excuse me which is involved in maintaining homeostasis in our body and controlling things such as appetite, sexual behavior, regulating emotional responses, and regulating body temperature to the ventricle hippocampus memory. And this, all of these aspects of our brain function are associated with being impulsive. MCH being high during impulsive action explains why maybe we have trouble controlling sexual behavior, controlling emotional responses, controlling our body temperature, our appetite. These are all actions in our body that have to do with some sort of level of self-control. And then these hormones travel to the part of our brain that has to do with encoding and memory. And that brings us to maybe think about possible rewards or punishments and then just not think about them at all, really and then encode the impulsive action into our brain. The two most important neural circuits I want to emphasize subserving the behavior of impulsivity are the mesolimbic and the mesocortical dopamine circuits. So again, bringing it back to dopamine, it is technically labeled in the medical field as a dysfunctional mesolimbic circuit and is implicated in the generation of behavioral impulsivity in the mesocortical circuit it is implicated in the failure to control behavior. Through this complex interaction with 
several environmental inputs, the impulsivity persists. So basically, these two circuits that I described are responsible for transporting the hormone MCH between the hypothalamus and the hippocampus during quote-unquote impulsive actions. While this may have a negative stigma and be labeled and medically described as a dopamine dysfunction and scientifically proven to be identified as something that is wrong in our neuromodulating and self-control system, I've actually developed an opposite viewpoint that being impulsive is psychologically beneficial and does not necessarily mean permanent dopamine dysfunction. doesn't mean that dopamine isn't working correctly in your body. It just means that it's hyperactive and creating more pathways to act rather than overthink. Psychologically, being impulsive can have several benefits. For example, it can improve your decision-making. I am a very indecisive person. I never considered myself to be impulsive genuinely until I got to school. And I would, I'm a major overthinker. I think we all know this by now. I'm very anxious. I'm constantly overthinking. I literally described earlier in the episode being stuck in analysis paralysis. And while it's not in my nature, when I started driving is when I noticed that I got more maybe in tune with my body per se, or I just started making decisions like that very fast, which are which doesn't necessarily mean impulsive, but it has led me to make more impulsive decisions in my life that could be labeled as out of character. For example, when you're driving, you can't really second guess when you're turning on the road. You just got to go. And I noticed after I started driving, I started becoming more decisive in my life and quick turnaround and decisions. This has led me and can be related to, for example, going out. I was super hesitant about, you know, putting myself out there and going to events alone and being in a new school. I would have probably just sheltered myself like I did last year. But I was sitting in my room one day and there was an Alpha Phi event and I was really scared to go alone. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go. And that's definitely could be labeled as impulsive and out of character for me. But I met such amazing people. And in the long run, I'm really glad I went by myself. And it made me more confident and more capable and build the self-efficacy of, okay, I can go to things alone. I am more personable than I give myself credit for all because of a quote-unquote impulsive action. This brings me to my next benefit of impulsivity. It can help us move toward our goals. We all have such big overarching career goals when people ask us what we want to do with our lives. And just in general, we have a big picture idea of what we want to do. And most of us have broken that goal down into tiny little steps to get there. For example, if I want to go into research, I have to go to undergrad. When I go to undergrad, I will go to graduate school. And after graduate school and I have a PhD, I will go here. It's very stepwise, a lot of our goals. And some goals might not be that way, and that's okay. But regardless, everybody has a certain path they're taking to reach some sort of goal in life, okay? Could be big, could be small, regardless. Most of the time, 
to reach that goal, we're going to have to get out of our comfort zone. We're going to have to try something new. And it's scary. And taking that first step is the worst part of moving toward our goals. It's being uncomfortable. But that's how we grow is being uncomfortable. We all know this. You can't develop and change and become the best version of yourself if you're not getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. Taking that first step on a whim has been the most successful for very many people to propel momentum to go in the right direction. For example, this podcast was literally based on an impulsive break I had (laughs) per se last year. I was stuck in a very hard time in my life. I'd wanted to start a space and create a space where I can have a community where I just share my thoughts, my feelings. Hopefully it grows into something amazing, which I feel like it has. And it was all based on me just purchasing a microphone impulsively without much thought one morning on Amazon, recording and putting out a podcast without much planning, without much thought. And did that sort of hurt the marketing? Yes. I don't know how to market. I'm still learning. But I'm so proud of myself for just taking that first step on a whim because look what this has become. I now have a clear vision of what I want this podcast to be. And of course, I'll probably rebrand it again at some point. But the impulsivity of just picking up that mic and just starting to talk broke down a lot of barriers, a fear that I had to reach this goal of producing and making and creating this show and expressing a side of myself that isn't seen a lot. A lot of the times I've talked about the academic side being the forefront of my personality, and this displays a whole new level of insight into my life and creativity and graphic design and the Instagram and making the funny reels. That side of me is all based on one little impulsive purchase of a microphone and it has enriched my life and made me so satisfied with where I am right now. I just can't emphasize that enough. Think about the most confident people you know. They're not second-guessing themselves or their decisions all the time. They just create. They just do. They're constantly being impulsive and just taking the first step. And not everything has to be thought out for it to be right. Because 9 out of 10 people will get stuck in the planning phase of their goals and never reach it versus that 1% that just are taking the leap and maybe judged at first, but in the long run, look how much they've learned and look how much they've grown. So this is your sign that if you're scared to start something or scared to reach out to somebody or scared to go to this party alone or scared to go to this store alone or scared to, I don't know why everything's alone, but if you just have a fear of something that you want to do, just do it. This is your sign telling you, just do it. Go on that date by yourself. Go buy a kit and start coloring on a coloring book and painting. Start picking up hobbies. Start, again, reaching out to people. Start going to concerts. Start doing things without much thought because if you're anything like me, you're always overthinking and shutting our brains off once in a while is a good thing. This doesn't necessarily mean I'm promoting being reckless. There's a difference. Being reckless is not being impulsive. 
yes, the two are correlated, but they don't cause each other. Impulsivity, like I've described, means just performing an action and not knowing the result, but without much thought, with that sense of urgency, the four ways we can measure impulsivity. Being reckless is doing something and consciously knowing it has a negative consequence, but doing it anyways. I think impulsivity can get t- get tied up in that language and the connotation of being reckless, but it's a completely different entity and it's a completely different mechanism and process in our brain. So when the media and medical news outlets tie the two together, I feel that it's devaluing the true positive impact that being impulsive has on our lives. Being impulsive can make the best memories, and I've made the best friends from being impulsive. Like I mentioned, the Alpha Phi event, and some might say me going to BU was impulsive. I mean, I really knew nothing about the school other than the program. I'm not prepared for Boston weather. I've never really lived in this magnitude of cold. I don't know how cold it gets, but I've heard it gets very cold in comparison to Philadelphia. Yes, I took a lot of thought into leaving UCI, but some might say coming here was an impulsive decision and it's been the best move I've ever made. Other smaller scale impulsive actions that have definitely helped my personal growth is literally just making friends in class. It takes one second for you to turn around and decide, you know what, I really want to make a friend in organic chemistry because this shit is hard and I'm going to need help. So you might know what's going on, but turn to the person next to you and say, hey, I didn't get that. Can I have some of your notes? Or, hey, did you understand what she was saying? Or, man, this class is so hard. Literally anything. Don't think, just say something. I have made some of the best friends I've made so far at BU by just impulsively texting them, impulsively saying something in class to try and start a conversation. And too many students and too many people waste time planning when they're going to Snapchat that guy back or ask that person to hang out. They never end up doing it. It just ends up being one of those things that you say you're going to do and you're never going to do it. It makes you a more social person and can even help expand your social skills by just opening your mouth and saying the first thing that comes to mind. Maybe it's stupid, but will you have any regrets? Will you leave that class thinking, oh, what if I said XYZ to this person? Or, oh, what if I just Snapchatted him and I would have known what he would have said? This is all in my, am I not giving a fuck era that I'm truly in, where I'm just doing whatever I want and it's not being reckless, but it's being impulsive because I'm so used to overthinking that I'm done waiting I'm done waiting for somebody to text me. I'm done waiting for this opportunity to come to me. I'm done waiting for the things that I desire in life to just come to me. I've been doing just more immediate action and now I am just attracting all of my goals from impulsivity essentially. I'm wasting less time, I'm becoming more adventurous, and I'm having minimal what-ifs. I've had so many times in my life where I spent the majority of my high school in a what-if. I was in the stage where I was 
thinking, okay, if I study really hard, then I'll get into this school. But then what if I don't get in and I go here? Or what if this guy doesn't text me back and this doesn't happen? What if, what if, what if? I was stuck in the life of what ifs. I just needed to be doing things. And now that I'm finally just doing whatever I want and not really putting much thought into little things that used to give me so much worry, I feel so much more satisfied and so much more fulfilled. I've learned the most in the past month that I've been here about the benefits of being impulsive. And if you're going to take anything away from this episode, it's that this is your sign to put yourself out there. This is your sign to do something and see your goal that's on your vision board, that's in your notebook, that's in your head, and take one small tiny step without really thinking through that much to get there. Help yourself develop a growth mindset. Oh my god. I don't know if you guys can hear it, but there are horns a honking outside. Oh my gosh. Sorry, I got a little distracted. But that is all I have for today. I hope that you don't see impulsivity as a negative anymore, but more so something that can help you in the long term reach your goals and put yourself out there and grow your confidence and attract the things that you want in life. I have so much more fun content coming your way. October is going to be such a fun month. I just finished planning all of the episode topics and I'm very, very excited for spooky season. Next week's episode is quite a moral dilemma. So I hope you guys will tune in. Thank you so much for all the love on Instagram. And yeah, subscribe if you want. And thank you so much for spending this Sunday talking about everything all at once. I will see you guys next week, hopefully when I'm not socially and mentally drained from school. That's all for now, and I'll see you next Sunday. Thank you.